Uh, Jesus, we could categorize Jesus as a couple different things. Uh, first of all, occupationally, he was an itinerant preacher. An itinerant preacher. Uh, you may be familiar with that term. It refers to a preacher who travels from place to place, often in a circuit fashion. Uh, one of the circuits that Jesus often, often traveled in uh, would take him from Galilee, his home base, up in the north, down to Jerusalem in the south. We know from the Gospels that he did that circuit on at least three, at least three occasions. We could also characterize Jesus occupationally as a peripatetic teacher. That term may be a little less familiar to you. A peripatetic teacher is a person who teaches while walking around, making use of what transpires along the journey to be motives, uh, uh, incidents for teaching. He sees something and he calls attention to it and, and uses it as a prop, so to speak. Or he uses an occasion to teach certain things. Or maybe someone asks a question and he teaches, uh, uh, whether it was on his agenda for that day or not, the teacher teaches uh, based off of the question or the statement that's made by someone in the classroom. So Jesus often was an itinerant and peripatetic teacher or preacher. In the final weeks of his ministry, Jesus had come down from the north. He's on one of those circuits. And he was about to turn west on a road toward Jerusalem. He was going there to Jerusalem to accomplish what needed to be done in his death, in his burial, and his resurrection. The Gospel writer Luke describes his resolution and his purpose in those final days, saying that Jesus had set his face to go to Jerusalem. This was on the agenda. He was going to go there. He had set his face to go to Jerusalem. And while he was on this journey, he had in his company the disciples, the companions that he had on most of these journeys. It was a group for whom he had some very important lessons to teach. He would not be with them much longer. He had several important lessons to teach them. But ironically, in one of the lessons that he was about to teach them, he didn't even address them. They're going to learn these lessons while watching, and then probably later, upon further reflection, after it was all done. And by it, I don't mean just this event, but that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Instead of addressing the disciples, he interacted with someone whose road that he was on that day was very dark. But someone who would demonstrate great clarity of vision as he would come to join Jesus. 
on the dark road to Calvary. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Mark, Mark chapter 10. Gospel Mark chapter 10. We'll, beginning in, we'll be beginning in verse 46. Mark 10, 46, and we'll be reading down to verse 52. And I'm reading from the NIV. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, that is the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we can be here together to worship you, to break bread together as fellow believers, to study together, to learn together, to pray together. And we pray that you would uh, use this time that we spend exploring in your word to challenge us, to remind us, to encourage us. We pray that you'd be with those who can't be with us today because of illness. We would pray especially for Mike, that you would heal him. May he and the others that are not well, may they be strengthened and may they be about to be able to do the things that, that they uh, need to do and want to do uh, to glorify you. And these things we pray in your son's name. Amen. On its surface, this is a neat story about the compassion and the capacity of Jesus. Jesus encounters a blind man whom he hears calling to him from the crowd. He stops dead in his tracks. He's impressed by the man's persistence. The blind beggar refuses to be deterred by those who are trying to hush him up. Jesus does have time for Bartimaeus and he will take time for him. Jesus cares enough to heal him, and he can heal him. Yet, this story is telling us more, more than just simply about Jesus' compassion and about his capacity to heal. The way Mark tells the story indicates that he meant to do that to tell us about Jesus' compassion and about his capacity, but the way he tells it also indicates that he wanted us to see so much more. When we were reading, did you see the two references to the road? 
There's one at the beginning and one in the closing verses of the passage. In verse 46, Bartimaeus was sitting by or alongside the road. But by the time we get to the end of the passage, in verse 52, he has joined Jesus to follow him on or along the road. Between 46 and 52, Bartimaeus is no longer the blind beggar in Jericho. He is a disciple, a follower of Jesus. And then there's the way Mark identifies this new disciples. This new disciple. Our English translations tell us that the beggar is Bartimaeus. That is the son of Timaeus in verse 46. At first glance, it seems that Mark is simply trying to help out any reader who doesn't know that the Aramaic word bar means son of. So, Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus. So that's all he's doing, right? He's just telling the reader, hey, you're probably not familiar with this Bartimaeus name. Let me tell you what it means. It means son of Timaeus. However, our English Bibles aren't really reflecting the order of the original Greek text. Mark actually wrote, that the beggar was the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus. Now you may be thinking, well, what's the big deal about that? You know, you know just swap it around means the same thing. Well, well, it may be that Mark is trying to do more than simply identify his name. By first identifying him as the son of Timaeus, Mark might be revealing something about his character. For you see, the phrase son of Timaeus means son of honor. Son of honor or honorable one. Perhaps as he's introducing us to Bartimaeus, Mark is saying, here's an honorable man. Here's a character who's got character. And I want you to pay attention to this Bartimaeus guy. So what is there that we should notice about this honorable character? this Bartimaeus, the son of honor. What can he teach us about following Jesus? I think there, there are several things that he can tell us. First, Bartimaeus teaches us because he was willing to travel the road upon which Jesus was traveling. Bartimaeus was willing to travel on the road that Jesus was traveling. Often, we are willing to have Jesus travel along the road that we are traveling on. Bartimaeus is willing to travel on the road that Jesus is traveling on. There's a big difference 
We like to fashion ourselves as being followers of Jesus. But too often, I think, we actually try to make Jesus our travel companion as opposed to the other way around. We basically say to Jesus, I'm on this road, I would really like you to come along with me. Bartimaeus, on the other hand, traveled on the road that Jesus was traveling on. And it's no small thing that this event occurred in Jericho. For you see, Jericho was the gateway to a road that many people of the day took to Jerusalem. What lay ahead on that road for Jesus and for those who would follow him was a rough, rough 15-mile trek. Travelers on this road between Jericho and Jerusalem would ascend. I want you to get this. They're going to, in 15 miles, ascend 3,500 feet from the lowest point on the globe on land. Most people don't know this. The lowest point on the planet Earth is in Jericho. Actually, it's a few mile, a couple miles east in the Dead Sea, okay, is probably the deepest part, the lowest elevation on the planet. Jericho's the above water lowest point on the planet. They're going to send in 15 miles, 3,500 feet, to one of the higher elevations in that region. If you do the math, they're going to take a steep incline on that road of 233 feet for every mile. That is God's natural stairmaster. It's a rough road. And because it was carved into the mountainside, it was a haven for bandits. You've heard that story of the Good Samaritan? You know how that story goes? This is a dude who falls among thieves. Guess where it happened? It happened on this road. It was a tough road to travel, and it was a dangerous road. And Bartimaeus would go on that road with Jesus. And the arduous trek that Jesus and his followers would travel on that physical road between Jericho and Jerusalem, in many ways, resembles the demands of discipleship that Jesus had already talked about in Mark chapter 10 in a series of conversations he had with other people. In verses 17 through 31 of Mark 10, a rich young man had come to Jesus, voicing his desire to follow Jesus. This would-be disciple, however, was disqualified from discipleship because he was unwilling to forsake his wealth in order to follow Jesus. He was not willing to give all for life on the road with Jesus. Then in verses 32 through 34, Jesus revealed to his disciples that the itinerary for the path he was going to travel toward glory would first involve being rejected, being wrongly accused, 
being beaten, and being brutally killed. James and John then come to Jesus right after Jesus got done telling them, I'm going to go up to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to die there. They come to Jesus and they ask if they can have the seats of honor when Jesus comes into his kingdom. They didn't understand that the kingdom of God would not be built on power and prestige, but it would be built on service and sacrifice. And Jesus tells them in verses 43 through 45, whoever wants to be great among the kingdom must be a servant. Whoever wants to be first must be the slave of all. For even as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. It's a hard road to follow Jesus. We con ourselves when we think that if I come to Jesus, life is going to be easy. It's going to be good, but it may not be easy. It's going to be rewarding. You're going to be blessed. But it may not be easy. Blind Bartimaeus, ironically, seems to see the way of Jesus more clearly than those with two good eyes. Before this story, everyone is blindly following after Jesus. Bartimaeus, the blind man, seems, seems to have clear vision. And he's willing to follow Jesus on the way with no reservations. The second thing we learn from Bartimaeus is that he trusted Jesus and would let nothing stop him from being on the road with Jesus. That day for Bartimaeus had probably started just like many other days before. But on this day, he heard the buzz. He heard the buzz of the crowd. And he heard the buzz in the crowd. Jesus of Nazareth had come to town, and he was passing by. So he began to call out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. The intensity of his calling out to Jesus is highlighted by the word, Mark chooses to describe it. He uses the same Greek word that's used elsewhere in the Gospel to describe the crying out, or maybe we could call it the screeching, of demons whom Jesus cast out. And to describe the calling out of the cries of Hosanna from the crowd during the triumphal entry on the first Palm Sunday. When he's calling out, this is no timid request. He is screeching. He is bellowing out. Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd tries to hush him up. Surely, they thought, Jesus didn't want to be disturbed by or delayed by this obnoxious shrieking. But Bartimaeus would not relent. 
he kept crying out all the more. He would not be deterred. And then Jesus called for him. And when Jesus called for him, we have this interesting note that Bartimaeus threw aside his cloak. Huh? He threw aside his cloak? The cloak was a person's outer garment. So what? He took off his outer garment? What? What? No. You see, in ancient times, often beggars would lay out their outer garment, their cloak, to collect the coins of passerby. Much like a street musician today might collect money in his open guitar case or his open saxophone case set down beside him on the ground. When Jesus called him, Bartimaeus knew that his life would change. So he excitedly picked up his cloak and cast it aside in a great action symbol of a change of his life. And you can just imagine that all the coins had been thrown onto that garment, clanged and rattled as they rolled away. The throwing aside of his cloak was the throwing aside of his former life. Unlike the rich young man, the would-be disciple earlier in Mark 10, Bartimaeus was willing to give it all up for life on the road, following Jesus. Missionary Jim Elliott, whose martyrdom in Ecuador was featured in the movies Beyond the Gates of Splendor, and the end of the spear, once said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Following Jesus demands our all. Demands are everything. Bartimaeus knew this, and he knew it was worth the gamble because it wasn't a gamble. Because he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. The third thing that I think we can learn from Bartimaeus is that we receive a blessing from Jesus And when we do, that's a call to follow Him. Whenever we receive a blessing from Jesus, it's a call to follow Him. Bartimaeus trusted Jesus. He believed Jesus was the one who could make him see. He called Him Rabbi, which means my great one. And he meant it. He had come to Jericho that morning on a dark road. And Jesus had transformed his dark road. Now he could see clearly, and he was willing to follow Jesus the rest of the way, no matter what the rest of the way looked like. 
He realized something that we often do not. He knew that his salvation, his healing was not the end game. Those like us who have received something from Jesus must be willing to follow Jesus. In thanksgiving, he began to follow Jesus all the way to Jerusalem. It's significant that when you turn the page from Mark chapter 10, obviously you get to Mark chapter 11. You get to the triumphal entry. But then you go from the triumphal entry to the story of the crucifixion. That's the road Bartimaeus followed Jesus on. It is interesting. The answer to a trivia question, perhaps. Bartimaeus is the only person in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke on whom a miracle is performed whose name we know. Did you catch that? In what are called the Synoptic Gospels, the three Gospels that are most alike, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, we have story upon story of Jesus healing someone. But those people are usually just referred to as the paralytic, a leper, blind man, deaf man, something along those lines. Bartimaeus is the only one whose name we know. Why? Why do we know his name? Well, maybe we get a clue from the Gospel writer Mark, because later Mark tells us that Simon of Cyrene the one who carried Jesus' cross was the father of Alexander and Rufus. And from Paul's letter to the Romans, the believers in Rome, we know that Rufus was a member of the church in Rome. So maybe Mark tells us Bartimaeus' name because later Bartimaeus became a prominent follower of Jesus and a prominent example to believers in the first century who, like us, dared to call themselves disciples. True disciples, like Bartimaeus, are willing to travel on the road Jesus is already traveling. They don't demand that Jesus come over to their path. The road of discipleship is rewarding, but it's demanding. It's one of service, and sometimes it can be dark as that life of service may take us places we would rather not go, like on a road between Jericho and Jerusalem. It's a road of unswerving desire and trust. A true disciple like Bartimaeus will pursue Jesus with everything and hang on to nothing that would deter him from walking step by step after Jesus. Bartimaeus started out beside the road, but he ended up on the road. He started out as an outsider, and he ended up as an insider. He began as a bystander, but he ended up a disciple. Jesus had transformed Bartimaeus from a beggar beside the road to a disciple on the road. And his story teaches us 
that it's not good enough merely to meet Jesus along the way. We must follow him on the road to discipleship. Whoever asks or receives something from Jesus must be willing to follow Jesus. Even if that's uphill while we take up our cross and we follow Him. Today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, following Him is tough. But it's the most rewarding tough you'll ever experience. It is good and it is blessed. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we're going to sing a song of decision. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, we invite you to come and to confess Him, to be baptized in the waters of Christian baptism. Or maybe today you've been worshiping with this congregation, but you're not a member here. Maybe today you need to say, these are my travel companions. This is the group that I want to put my lot with. I want to travel the road following after Jesus with these people. I want to be accountable to these people, and I want to serve with these people. If that's you, we invite you to come to, to place your membership here. Or maybe today, the road has been tough for you. There's some tough stuff going on in your life, and, and you need to call attention to that so that this group of people can pray with you. If, that, if you have a need in your life, we invite you to come as we stand and as we sing together.